It's the show the establishment warned you about. And welcome to the Dr. Tommy Show, live from Tampa, Florida. I'm America's free market doctor, Dr. Tommy McRoy, and you are joining the most listened to concierge medicine morning show in the entire galaxy. And I am with my wife as usual, Tracy. Good morning. And I hope that you guys can hear that music, because I cannot. That's what I was just thinking. I can't hear anything. And I have no idea whether it's working or not, but if it is, then you couldn't tell either way. But that's one of the beauties of uh, technology. Sometimes it doesn't work the right way. And um, we are embarking on our uh, missing uh, podcast because we didn't see you guys last week because we had a little business to attend to. But we're back. And as always, always we're uh, brought to you in part by Atlas MD, which is the most uh, the most utilized, uh, best utilized concierge medicine and direct primary care electronic medical record and just general all-around software for uh, concierge medicine and direct primary care. Uh, it basically is all of, it's about six or seven or eight or 10 different software uh, solutions all wrapped up into one that you can access across all platforms. If you are a concierge or a direct primary care doctor, you can use it for free for six, 60 days, and that is a $600 value at uh, drtommyshow, drtommyshow.com, and then click on Atlas MD special offer. Like I was saying, you know, I have no idea whether or not you could hear that opening music, but I hope you can. Assume, can they, you think they can hear us? I think they can hear us. I'm sure they can hear us. But who knows? You never know. You know, we've done shows before. Where we talked the whole time and the, and the microphone wasn't even on. <laughs> yes. We're like, that was a good show, too. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, sometimes whenever technology doesn't work, for some reason that makes me just... Want to kill? Yes. That's the most aggravating. Well, there's a couple of things that's most aggravating to me. When machines don't work the way they're supposed to, particularly computers, and then customer service on the telephone and the government in general with their uh, just, uh, you know, what I don't like about the government. Everything? No, I like the government that the government that does its job. But when the government tries to insert itself into things that it doesn't have any business doing and then does a bad job of it, but guess what their answer always is then? We need more money. We'll make it we better. We didn't have enough money to do it. <laughs> we didn't have enough money to regulate you uh, in buying your insurance. We didn't have enough money to uh, run your public school. We didn't have enough money to uh, um, you know, pick it. Pick whatever your favorite customer service uh failure or otherwise product failure from the government is and this always we we just need more money if we just had a little bit more money we could have done it right you know public schools they say well you know public schools we don't spend enough on public schools if you if you're into the uh research aspects of finding out things which most people are not most people just want to hear whatever their political ideology tells them should what they agree with intellectually or emotionally and just go with it without even look. But if you're ever interested, you can look up and you'll see that a lot of the places where the public schools are the worst public schools, meaning government run schools, now public, you know, that's another misconception. People say public schools. Mm-hmm. Well, public schools are not, I mean, a, a, a private school technically is a public school because you can go there. Mm-hmm. So public, whether or not you're saying public school or not, I think the better term is government run. Government run school. 
not even government finance, but a government run school because charter schools receive some funding from the government. So they're not, they're government financed at some level, but they're not government run. So government run right. schools, what people know as public schools, but Publix grocery store is a private store mm-hmm. that you can go to and pay. Mm-hmm. So that to me is a public place, right? Right. So anyway, back to my point, government-run schools, public schools. If you look at across the country, uh, where are the worst performing schools? Well, it's not always where there's the least amount of spending. It may well be that way, but you'll also find that some of the schools with the highest amount of spending uh, per capita, per student, and for those of you who are, uh, you know, maybe unfortunate victims of public school, mm-hmm. uh, per capita means per person, mm-hmm. uh, per, per individual, uh, that is some of the highest spending takes place in those areas. And so it's a, it's a mistake to assume that the government is just, just needs more money, especially mm-hmm. in healthcare. It's kind of a diversion, but it does lead into this. Uh, this is a story from Breitbart.com. This is from uh, August 21st. And it says, uh, University of Akron to kill 80 degree program. Add eSports. Uh, this starts off, the University of Akron's Board of Trustees announced this week that the university would be shutting down 10 PhD programs, 33 master's programs, 20 bachelor's programs, and 17 associate degree programs. The board claims the programs were chosen based on low enrollment. Well, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. The degree programs included account for 20% of this university's total offerings. In the same week, the university announced that they were making way for a massive esports facility that would cater to varsity club and recreational video game players. This fall, the University of Akron will have varsity teams that play Overwatch, League of Legends, Hearthstone, Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, and Rocket League. The new esports facilities will be situated into the existing student union, football stadium, and honors college building. The renovations will cost approximately $750,000. Additionally, the esports programs will cost $470,000 to operate annually. That's great. So apparently, this is a not uh, this is not a um, new thing because it says here, University of Akron is far from the first university to dive into the esports space. In 2017, the University of Utah announced they would provide scholarships to students participating in its esports program. What the heck? So again, you know, when you hear, "Oh, we need more money for education. We need more money. We need to spend more money on the colleges." Okay, and then let's open up an esports program. Says, well, you know, I remember when my uh, Madison was in school in middle school, and I'm sure I don't know. Hopefully, that won't happen to Kaylee. Madison did go to a government-run school, mm-hmm. but um, and she did fine at it. You know, she did. She always went to um, a government-run school, and she she excelled. Um, but anyway, they got rid of uh, driver's ed, and then they got rid of other classes as well, and kept the sports pro. You know, they kept the sports programs open, mm-hmm. but I never, I just never agreed with cut. Uh, you know, closing down um, drivers' ed. To me, that's very important that we have drivers' ed, but we're going to cut out other classes. It just made no sense to me. We're going to cut out drivers' ed, so the you know the, the kids learn now online. You know how to drive a car. Uh, and if you know you hear this and you're like, well. You know, you you say that we have too much government spending. There you go. See, there you're a hypocrite because we need more government. Because the reason they cut that is because they didn't have enough funds, which is true. But that'd be like if we say, look, we don't have enough funds to pay the mortgage because uh, we do all this other stuff that we shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. So we we spend all this money other places. So we're operating under the assumption that the government schools, government-run schools, have uh, 
not enough funding? What, what if the case is, is they actually have enough funding? What if they actually have more than enough and they just spend it unwisely? Let's you start. and I both have experience working for the government where mm-hmm. the government not only has uh, enough money, they have too much money. Yeah, let's start first at looking at the administrator's salaries. Or the just the level of administration. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many administrators out there have to use their own money to buy school supplies around their office? Isn't that mm-hmm. what we hear that teachers have to do? Teachers do that. I know. Do they do that in the administrator's office too? I'm, sure, the I'm sure they're not buying their own pens and the papers. Superintendents go. I don't know. You know. So before you reflexively think, well, we just need more funding. Think about this: esports programs. And this is this is from the University of Irvine. This is the uh, then interim president. Uh, school argued that esports is the future of competition. This is UC Irvine. Uh, esports is the future of competition. Period. It transcends language, geography, race, age, religion, gender identity, sexual orientation, physical ability, and many other identities. In five years, many more schools will will official programs must uh, be misprint will have official programs and more structure that will be in place to regulate and provide guidance to schools. Esports also has a huge opportunity to learn from the success and shortcomings of traditional sports and provide a model for collegiate competition into the 21st century. So these people can just sit around and play video games and get fatter and So this is this is serious. <laughs> this is actual this is not the onion. This is serious. They have apparently and I don't know that I haven't looked this up myself but uh yeah, Utah announced that they will provide scholarships to students participating in its esports program. Isn't that insane? Yes, it is. And people say, "Well, you know, you need a college education, you college education." You know, it's like the same people who say that, uh, another thing we're going to talk about today that, you know, they say you have to have a college education, college. They don't say you need to be trained, you need to learn something. They say you have to have a college education and they say any other education is just crappy, which very well may be true. If you just graduate from high school and you go to the local government school, you may very well have to have college education because you can barely write your name. Mm-hmm. But either way, but you never hear them say, oh, you know what? You know, what's an honorable education, learning how to be a plumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning how to be a welder, learning how to do uh, something that's not a four-year degree. You never, you know, we talked about this before. You mm-hmm. never hear them say that that's that's a great education. And like, it's Adam Putman saying that this year mm-hmm. in his run for the governor. But among the education establishment or the uh, the academic establishment, if you talk to somebody about vocational, they look at you like you're a hillbilly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, my it's kid's very, not going to learn to be a plumber. That's a stupid job. They're going to learn to be a uh, esports. Yeah, that's the future. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. Um, people, I think people look down on vocational type schools and they think they're for people that can't get into a four year college. They're not smart enough. But, um, because a lot of those vocational schools, you get to omit taking, um, you know, English and math and science, things you already did in high school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of people think, you know, vocational schools are for those that are not bright enough to get into a four year college. Yeah. But most people, everyone that's, you know, plumbers, electricians, welders, they make a great salary and they, and like, for instance, I know I I think it's pretty good. I mean, they're going to put a septic tank in at our house. It's going to cost about $6,500. Now, I don't know what the uh, uh, cost of the parts are, but either way, I bet you they're making tidy profit. And they're Mm -hmm. probably not paying a $100,000 school loan Mm -hmm. to learn how to put in septic tanks. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, that's just the owner. The the employees aren't going to make that much. Well, employees got to make something. I mean, they're right. They're doing this willingly. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not. 
you know, they're not being forced to uh, work in a septic for a septic company. And I assume that if there's septic companies out there, they have to pay somebody reasonable amount of money. Otherwise, they have a lot of turnover. Right. You know, so this whole idea that, you know, that this is what we deem as the right kind of education to have. Call well, a plumber in the middle of the night and see how much it's going to cost you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or and an electrician. Then, yeah. And then, you know, then you go say, well, you know, well, esports is the future. Just as ridiculous. The other thing that they say, though, is that it's a junkie education. You know, they say that short term health insurance is junk insurance. So this is from New York Times. This is a, a Margot Singer Katz, and this is from August 1st, 2018. What to know before you buy short-term health insurance. So that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about when we have our Healthcare for Small Business event on September 6th at 6 to 7 p.m. here at Echelon Health. We're going to talk about alternatives. So, you know, for those of you at home who are trying to pay for insurance, you may be paying three, or $400 a month for yourself. Mm-hmm alone well we looked into short-term health insurance for your you me and the new baby coming up mm-hmm. and we can get a policy in january uh, actually this is not even their current policy this is from last year's products they didn't have new year products out but in um and uh, supposedly 60 days from august 1st so september october what september october, november right I think that, yeah, the beginning of November. November, November, we should see new products come out. And they have now short-term health insurance is allowed, quote unquote, by the law, Mm -hmm. the government, uh, to uh, be sold for greater than three months, which is all it was before. So Mm -hmm. the ACA, Affordable Health Care Act, or whatever it was called, is was put in place restrictions on short-term health insurance because the, the powers that be, paid by the lobbyist said this is junk insurance you don't need that short-term health insurance look it doesn't cover your 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 blood pressure pills that you can get for free mm-hmm. at Publix. it doesn't cover your uh your your breast your breast uh, mammograms which you don't need because you don't have breasts that need mammogram because you're a man or you can it, get them for 30 dollars or yeah, 35 dollars if you want to yeah you could pay cash form and mm-hmm. pay on un- less than what a fourth of what your premium will be for this master plan insurance mm-hmm. anyway uh, so th- this is a short-term health insurance in-, in November 1st will be expanded upon because they put in an executive order that says that it's allowed to sell it. Anyway, so anyway, I looked up from yeah, last year's plans and I was just searching and say, well, what's theoretically what we- we'd be paying less than $200 mm-hmm. uh, for for short-term health insurance for three people. That's you, me, and a child. Mm-hmm. And now what are they going to say? Well, that doesn't cover pre-existing conditions. But as you and I were both talking about this morning, okay, so let's say it doesn't cover, let's say I have hypertension, okay, and it doesn't cover pre-existing conditions for me. How is that going to affect me in the next year with my short-term health insurance if I have a deductible of $6,000? Uh, how is that going to affect me for that year? If I mm-hmm. if it's not going to cover it, look, you're going to buy this plan and not all of them do this. So, but a lot of them exclude preexisting conditions. And that's the big thing. It's like, Oh, we have to have preexisting conditions. Otherwise people will never be able to take care of. They're going to die in the streets. Mm-hmm. If you don't have preexisting conditions. Covered, or people are just going to die. Right. So how would that <laughs> or thi- or thyroid medicine, thyroid medicine, thyroid medicine you for get, you. Okay. So I pay $10 yes, cash. So, how, so, and you're going to have going to pay to- a $6,000 deductible anyway. Yeah, we have a, I have a six thousand dollar deductible I'm right now. Right now, right now. But theoretically, if we got this plan that I was looking at, it would have a six thousand dollar deductible as well. Right. So either way, 
when is it going to come in? So if you get, mm-hmm. so here's the scenario where it's not going to cover you. Mm-hmm. If you get admitted to the hospital for hypothyroidism, mm-hmm. it can happen. It could happen. Well, well, some people can have a thyroid storm. Or a thyroid storm. But that's when it wouldn't and cover you it, potentially. And you been in the hospital. But that is rare. Yeah. So, I'm not, you know, yeah, I think I'll take my chances. Right. And, it, and then, so for me, for hypertension. So if I have a hypertensive emergency and I show up at the hospital, I might well say, they may well tell me, look, it's not. So I'm willing to take that chance. Mm-hmm. But they say, well, we won't cover your medicine. I well, hell, my medicine's free. Your medicine Publix. is free. I don't even have to buy milk. It's mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. Lysenna Pearl is free for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And so this back to this this, prog- this uh, article. The Trump administration has just completed rules that will allow people to shop for a new kind of health insurance. Now, let's just stop and think about that. Picture this. It's 1789. You're in Philadelphia with a bunch of other guys in these uh, with these powdered wigs. And you guys are sitting around talking about the Constitution. And you're going back and forth. And it's hot. It's the middle of middle of the summer and you're going back and forth and you're Thomas Jefferson and you're James Madison and you're John Adams and you're George Washington presiding over the whole thing. And then it says, uh, you know, wait, wait a second, guys. Hold on. What about health insurance? Are we going to allow people to buy health insurance for longer than three months? <laughs> Hell no. No way. You're crazy. Stop down. But that's it. So this is this whole this the thing about this begins this the Trump administration has just completed rules that allow people in America to shop for a new kind of health insurance. It's not even a new kind. <laughs> it's not a new kind. It's an old kind. So-called, so-called short-term plans will be offered for relatively long periods, just under a year at a time, with renewables up to 36 months, and they will be marketed extensively in most states. They will tend to have substantially lower prices than insurance people can buy in Obamacare markets. And for some people, that may look like a better option. But the plans are cheaper for a reason. They tend to cover fewer medical services than comprehensive insurance, and they will charge higher prices to people with pre-existing conditions, if they cover them at all. Mm-hmm. So look, here's the option. So you, let's say you're Joe employee, uh, Joe, Joe business owner, like we have in our practice, a lot of business owners. You're, you're trying to buy insurance. You want to be smart. You don't want to be stuck with a big bill. You don't want to have to sell your house if you have something that takes you to the hospital. So you're like, all right, damn it, I need insurance. So right now what you can do is you can go on to at certain times of the year, not even all the time, but at certain times of the year, if you're lucky, you can log in, buy an ACA plan, pay $366 a month in your case, and uh, then you'll have a $6,000 deductible, but that that will cover you. Uh, or the pre-existing thyroid condition and everything that you get for $10 a month, your medicine, that will cover you. <laughs> or in this nightmare scenario next year, you can buy a cheaper plan, but it won't cover that. Mm-hmm. Won't cover that thyroid. Won't cover it. Well, my but, la- but it'll my- save you probably $300. Well, my you labs. Buy a damn lot of Synthroid. I know. You my- could buy yes. a whole damn Synthroid plant after a year with <laughs> the know. savings. Well, and a lab for a TSH is $10. It's $10. At your DPC clinic or direct primary care or concierge medicine clinic, mm-hmm. right right here. So I can be treated. Um, I can have my a TSH checked and I can have medication prescribed to me all for for 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you tie in your membership. You think about it. And this is, but this people like this, this author, I'm going to put words in our mouth, but that probably seems like folly, what we just described. Why would you pay a doctor directly? Medicare, healthcare is supposed to be free. She didn't say that, but mm-hmm. 
Maybe she thinks that. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. She well, could we, be a we she know, could be a libertarian, uh, uh, conservative for all I know. But I doubt well, it. we do know that when we check the prices mm-hmm. of having a baby, mm-hmm. so w- what we've paid the doctor and what we paid the hospital for the cash prices is equivalent to what we're paying out of pocket anyway. We we just did it for an emergency. Yeah. It is always a good idea to have some type of catastrophic plan in case of an emergency. And it used to be but, you could buy that. Yes, but now you can't thanks to the government. But what if I wasn't pregnant? Yeah. And I wasn't going to the doctor, then I'd be spending $366 just for a the month. Odd chance that you're going to have something bad happen, which can happen. Right. Like cancer or something bad, heart attack. Right. But yeah, you would have to do that. But see, in order to buy into that, you have to believe. You cannot think. You just have to feel that healthcare is such a vital thing that unless you have a third party pay for it, it's junk. You're, you're going to die. It just You just can't leave that to worry. You should pay for it. And you say, well, I can't afford $366. Well, maybe you can get a subsidy. You know, yes. maybe you can get a subsidy. Maybe your neighbor will pay for it for you. Maybe they won't. Maybe you'll have to be stuck doing it. And then, then let's say you come back and you say, look, I looked into it. I don't get a subsidy. Uh, I can't afford 366. That's fine. You're going to be fine now. The IRS is going to fine you. That's what we came to. This is what we're clawing back from. Mm. This insanity. You know, before this whole ACA went into effect, this was in 2008 and 9, I was writing about it when I was an intern and, or a resident and a fellow about how insane the current insurance system is. And that was before the ACA. I was talking about how insane it is at the present time that we have copays to pay for everything instead of people using catastrophic insurance. Then along came the ACA. I mean, that's like, that's like, um, you know, that that's like going, you know, from, a, you know, sparring with a, a Walter Waite to sparring with George Foreman. You know, it's just like you, you take something that's already challenging and then you throw in this other thing. It's, it completely blows out of the water. So we're just now clawing back to get to the starting point of uh, f- we're stepping back from insanity now. How sad is it for, um, you know, you have a family and you have a couple of children. They cannot afford to pay health and you know, they can't afford to pay for insurance. Um, and then they're going to go and take their taxes away. And, you know, find them, which is essentially taking their money that they've paid in all year from working hard. Yeah. Who yeah. in the world would think that's right? Well, the thing is, is that's the that's the, the invisible foot of government on your neck. That's how they get things done is they, they force you to do the way that you should do it, the way they think you should do it. That's the invisible foot of government on your neck. So what you don't see is that 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 uh, backhanded that, uh, back room uh, kind of just brute force where they, they, they knuckle people down citizens of their country and force them to do things against their will by punishing them. Same thing with doctors like this, you know, these, uh, these things that the doctors who take Medicare are supposed to do, they've got to jump through all these hoops and click all these boxes and do all this other stuff in order not to get penalized 2%. Mm-hmm. Now, when it started out, they were getting a 2% bonus for participating. I, I do remember that. You know, that's how, you know, when I was a kid, if you're if you're PETA at home, uh, PETA person, don't listen to this next five minutes. Madison, turn your set off for now. But when I was a kid, neighbors had hogs. This is in Lakeland. This is, you know, kind of for those of you listening who are not in, you've never been exposed to this. There's people who actually raise animals to kill them and eat them. They don't raise them to kill them for fun. They just... They eat them anyway. Mm-hmm. It's called livestock. Anyway, mm-hmm. if you if you're not familiar, but anyway, so there's these neighbors. They had pigs, hogs. 
They raised them, okay? And then the way that they got the hogs is they had to kill them first. And they did this with the 22. And uh, well, when they first went over there, they said, look, look, we're going to shoot this pig. You want to see? I'm like, well, I guess so. I don't know. It's like five years old. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So they throw the corn down into the pig pen, right? And the pig comes up and eats corn. Okay. All right? Pig's like, I love corn. Starts eating corn. And then, lo and behold, it pulls up the 22 and just puts it maybe three inches from the pig's head. Bam! Kill them. But first they put the corn down, draw them in. Tricked them. That's how they did this this Medicare thing. It's like, here, well, 2%, come get 2%. Mm-hmm. You get 2%, they get enough data, they're like, ha, 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 now, drop the hammer. <laughs> anyway, that's that's how the, that's how they operate. So that's the same thing as this penalty. Mm-hmm. Buy it or else. We'll come take your, well, they can't take your house, the IRS. But people think IRS, they don't want to have anything to do with the IRS. They don't want to have anything to do with it. So, all right, fine, I'll, I'll buy the insurance. Good Lord. I'm sorry. I'll buy it. You're right. You're right. I need to. That's the way people live in totalitarian states. Mm-hmm. This this is back to the article. What to know before you buy short-term health insurance from New York Times. August 1st from Margo Singer Cats. These planes don't cover some types of care. Uh, so some states, they, no, some states, including New Jersey and Massachusetts, regulate short-term plans to make them follow nearly all the insurance rules that Obamacare plans have. Those are progressive states. Those are progressive in the sense that they are well-meaning. They want to look out because they don't want these greedy insurance companies to come in and offer these junk plans. So some states, New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts, we know people in both those states. Bill Kosar, Craig Wax, um, also uh, Rob Klein. Anyway, they're not going to have the benefit of short-term plans. Uh, but the rest of the states uh, have decided that they don't have to offer all that stuff. So... Here's some of the things they don't recover. So your short-term health insurance plan, okay? This is the plan that most of us would like to have the opportunity to buy in case something catastrophic happens and we can't afford to sell our house. We don't want to sell our house just to pay for it. Okay, some of the plans they don't offer, they will not cover joint replacement surgery. Okay. Uh, and this is this is in the article. Uh, cataract treatment, hernia repair surgery, treatment for any injury incurred while the patient was intoxicated, Injuries resulting resulting from organized sports. Treatment for acne or moles. Treatment for chronic fatigue or pain. Immunizations. So this this is from research from Kaiser uh, and the Consumer Advocacy Group, Families USA. So are you willing? Some people willing to accept that. Some people say, "Look, I don't participate in organized sports. I don't have cataracts. I don't need joint replacement." And if I get hernia surgery, then damn it, I'll have to pay for it. I'll use some of my $300 a month I save. Yes, exactly. And put towards a little piggy bank and put it in a health savings mm-hmm. account. And if I, God forbid, I get a hernia, I will get paid for it. Um, we know that vaccines are free at the Department of Health. Yeah. Or we know also that pediatricians offer vaccines for children in their offices uh, at approximately somewhere between 10 and $25 an immunization. Mm-hmm. So that's not an issue. We know um, I just called in acne treatment for someone this morning to Publix. And guess what? It's free. Mm-hmm. This is toward the end of the article. Uh, this time about the short-term plans. But they will be far cheaper than more, more comprehensive plans. Uh, the Kaiser study looked at the prices of a ha- of prices looked at prices of plans in a handful of American cities and found plans that cost only a fraction of the cost of Obamacare insurance. In Atlanta, for example, the least expensive Obamacare plan 
for a 40-year-old single man was $371 a month. That's the least expensive? ACA plan. Okay. In Atlanta, <laughs> the cheapest short-term plan cost only $47 a month. Now, this, if you go sit as Chuck Schumer or whoever, the you know your establishment top politician is about these plans, they'll say, oh, that's junk insurance. You don't mm-hmm. want that. You don't want that. You don't want that. Anyway, that's out there for us, for you. Short-term health insurance plan is going to become more plentiful in November. If you're a uh, business owner and you want to learn more about this and other things about how to uh, make a fortune and not spend a fortune on your health care. Uh, we're having the Healthcare for Small Business uh, seminar at, here at Echelon Health September 6th at 6 to 7, from 6 to 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And you, you're invited to join us for that. I think that's about all I have for today. Oh, one other thing. I wanted to cover this. This is kind of funny. Let's just see if this is still up. Oh, yeah. This is Donald Trump this morning. If you haven't been following the news, big news, guys, Watergate type stuff. Uh, Paul Manafort, who was Donald Trump's campaign manager for 100 days, has been indicted or actually convicted on eight of 18 charges stemming from 2006. Yes, we heard about that this morning. 2018, 2006, 12 years ago. So 12 years ago, Paul Manafort, who was Donald Trump's campaign manager for 100 days, did some bad stuff. He's eight, eight of 18 so as you scoring at home, less than 50% of the charges convicted. The rest of them were mistrial. Hmm. That's bad news for Trump. So, And then Donald Trump's lawyer also was recording conversations with Donald Trump and has basically become a state's witness, essentially, and is, is going to bring down Donald Trump here. And so Donald Trump says, if anyone is looking for a good lawyer, I would strongly suggest you don't retain the services of Michael Cohen. That's Donald Trump's personal lawyer. Rudy Giuliani is now his lawyer. I'd rather have Rudy anyway. He looks a little bit more manly than Michael Cohen. <laughs> Michael Cohen's the kind of guy. How many lawyers do, uh, do that? Um, Turn your client in? Yeah. God, I don't know. Imagine what this legacy legal career is going to be like after this. The law offices of Michael Cohen. That's going to be a big, empty building. Yeah. Could you imagine? He might have to go back to school, maybe to a vocational oh, he, school and become a, a welder. MSNBC. Oh, he's going to have this. <laughs> or a, a plumber. He's going to get a job on MSNBC. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Michael Cohen's lawyer is uh, uh, Lanny, Lanny Davis. And for those of you who grew up in the 90s, if you remember the Clinton uh, administration, Lanny Davis was uh, a Bill Clinton uh, associated attorney. And so now he is Donald Trump's attorney's attorney. Kind of interesting, huh? Yeah. The swamp. Anyway, that's it for today. Uh, Song of the week is um, song of the week is from uh, Black Keys, and this is uh, Thick Freakness. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. If you want to hear more about the Dr. Tommy Show, go to drtommyshow.com. And then if you want to also. come to our event go to dr tommy doctor spelled out tommy.com and then you can register there on the front page and until next time bye bye mm-hmm.